Today on the Get Ranked Movie Podcast, the guys take a look at their favorite years of movies. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass! Mr. Lugosi, why are you buying a car? I'm planning on dying soon. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Get Ranked Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me today, as always, is... Cody. And this week, as you've heard in the little cold open there, we are discussing our favorite years for movies, or years in movies, as Cody and I just had a 10-minute discussion trying to decide uh, what how we're actually we calling should, this episode. What we should actually call this episode, because originally it was going to be best summer, uh, best summers for movies. Uh, but we decided to open it up to just the best years for movies, meaning, you know, which years had the best movies. And, you what, know, thinking what, about it, know. had we just done summers, I'm sure my list would have been totally different. Mine would have been different mine, for sure. Mine I would have been had, similar, I definitely would but have had a, definitely a few, different. Yeah, but my top few would have been different because I went more... So, <laughs> as always on the show, when we do these, you know, we always try to split the difference between... Uh, our list being what we think is truly the greatest and our own personal favorites. And mm-hmm. I feel like this week, uh, I definitely think I went more uh, the former, you know, more what I think is truly just the greatest year for movies. And I kind not, of mixed not necessarily it. my favorite. I, I mean, I know I have a couple. I have, I have a, and as, like my, so my criteria as I was going through this, this was like the most methodical list that I put together. Cause yeah, I'm for sure, me too. going through the years and I'm like, of those years, I'm going through the movies that I know were big. And then once I got them limited down, I took it, like, so I took the movies that had like the most huge, or the years that had the most huge movies. And then I took out and just left the movies that I really enjoy. And then I ordered my list. Mm-hmm. So, I it's the ten, in my opinion, biggest years in movies sorted in my order of favorite favoriteness. Okay, Does see, that... mine I went I went more for that as well, but also ones that I feel like had a big influence on Hollywood too. Sure. So this year, you know, maybe have had, you know, ten great movies or big blockbuster movies. But I might have one below it that maybe only had three or four that I actually are going to talk about, but had a huge influence on what was going to be the new wave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That they were they were big for that reason, not necessarily just because, oh, there's, you know, this one has 10 movies that I can name off that came from this year. You know, it was more so the influence maybe that year had. Okay. Yeah, this was a definitely a leave it to our own volitions kind of list because... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think we might end up with very different lists then. I don't know. I think you'll be surprised. Because there were quite a, quite a few, when I was doing research for this, quite a few times, a lot of the same years popped up. Mm-hmm. So I think we will have, it'll just, again, as always, be how they're ordered. So, you know. Is um, it going to be before we, Or is it going to be, what, is it going to be straight through? Yes, that'd be kind of... We still haven't had that yet. <laughs> we got close. We did get close. A couple um, times. Yeah. So before we get to that, Cody, do you have any movie news this week? So one big piece of news that I want to talk about, because I feel like it is a big thing. Um, over the past couple of years, 
movie pass has been kind of limping to the barn. Yeah. And Which I think it's it's shut down right now. I think it? I think it's either on its last legs or it's done. But I they really paved the way for the subscription based movie theater service and I know we've had AMC for a little while, but um, yep. just this week, Regal Cinemas introduced their version, and they have 500 theaters in the country that you can pay between 18 and 25 bucks a month, unlimited movies. I was looking at some of the comparisons of it before uh, we recorded tonight, and it's like, AMC's, you can watch three movies a week. Um, like Cinema Blend, you can watch, or Cinemark, you can watch one movie a month. Oh, God. With Regal, it's as many movies as you want, as long as there's 90 minutes in between each movie. That's not bad. So you can watch, you know, you can sit there and watch three movies in a day. So, and I know, I don't know where all of our listeners are based, but I know there's a Regal cinema near me. Um, So, I mean, it might, it it might be worth it for me. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Especially with doing the show now, and we're kind of trying... I mean, I I always saw movies almost every weekend anyway, but I know you're definitely trying more now. So as since we've started doing the show to go For see sure. things you wouldn't have necessarily rushed out to see that you have. So it might be a, it, it's a good thing, I think, for you, because now yeah. it'll, you know, it, it, it helps even more with doing the show. Exactly. Until our audience wants to start paying us, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Which, um, a little bit of news. We'll talk more on the at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm just going to say the word merchandising. Yay! We'll talk more later. And, Stay and tuned if, for the end of the you, show. Uh, follow our Facebook page. You should know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> yes, because um, we have teased it. So. But yes, definitely more details at the end of the episode. So stay tuned, my friends. Um, yeah. Otherwise, on the newswire, I don't have much else. There was I mean, Comic Con was huge last week and gave us a lot of news to talk about. Gave us probably what a half hour worth of news. I think the actual list yeah. started thirty five minutes in. Yeah. This week, um, do you have Not anything, much. Nick? No, I don't have any news, but I am going to take some time and review uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Do tell, because I did not make it out to this one. Good, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Nick's uh, review. <laughs> yeah, um, so getting this out there ahead of time before anyone gets irritated and pissy because i know how people are when it comes to quentin tarantino i am not a quentin tarantino mega fan um which i know shocks a lot of people because i'm a huge cinephile and it always seems like you know oh how do you not like tarantino then well because i just don't (laughs) he's just not my cup of tea he never has been and you know one thing with that i've noticed is that with most people you're either all or nothing on tarantino either yeah. love everything or hate everything it's just different to see you in the middle and i'm i'm kind of in the middle as well i'm definitely in the middle because i i really i like i really love inglorious bastards i love django unchained it's one of my just one of my favorite movies of all time not just of tarantino and i, I really like hateful eight i think the replay value on hateful eight's not as good as the other ones but it's still fun mm-hmm. um so with that track record where his last three movies I've really enjoyed, when I saw the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, oh, this could be great. Looks fun. It's Tarantino doing a, like a broad comedy, you know. It's got a, an amazing cast, DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. Um, and it's set during, you know, the ni- 1969, and it was going to have to do with, with acting, which, you know, my area, what I, it's my, what I want to do, you know, and stuff like that. And, and also have to do somehow with the, 
Manson family murders, you know, that happened in 69. And oh, this looks interesting, you know. And I'm on the opposite end of this with a lot of people. I very, I only know a few people that I know personally that didn't like it, but everyone else I've seen online is gushing about this movie. I'm polar opposite. Um, if you're into watching Brad Pitt drive a car for like 30 minutes, you'll love it. Because <laughs> there are extended scenes of just Brad Pitt driving a car while music's playing. 60s music. And it, it is, there are a lot of things Tarantino does I don't like. Uh, a lot of his like aesthetic, you know, like each director has their own aesthetic. Like we've talked Burton and stuff. Um, Tarantino has his own aesthetic and, and it, it's in his tropes and they're on full display. He has this thing about feet where he just loves women's feet. They're in a lot of his movies, just like really just shots of them. And this movie has so many jarringly out of place women's feet shots. Like Margot Robbie, Robbie plays uh, Sharon Tate and she goes to a movie theater to watch a movie her movie that she's in and she's basically there to like get gauge people's reactions and it's actually a very fun scene on that in that regard that you know she's kind of laughing along and it would be cool being an actor sitting in a theater witnessing people really enjoy your part because she's the comedic relief in the movie she's watching but of course tarantino has her lean back in her chair with her bare feet up on the seat in front of her and he's got them right in the foreground of the shot and margot robbie in the back and it's so jarringly out of place that, uh, like, that you know Tarantino does this stuff that it was just like, I couldn't pay attention. It was just like, wow, feet. And he does it again later with another girl in a car. She puts her feet up on the dash up against the windshield. And it's like, have you ever had someone do that? Right. It, it seems like, to be a trope, if anything. I mean, I don't. Exactly. It's just, it, it, it's just too jarring. And what are the odds? Armand White loves Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> How surprising. He loves it. Um, Sorry, I had to see. (laughs) I'm the contrarian on this instance, but not because I want to be contrarian, but because I just don't like it. It's three hours long, and he could have shaved a half hour out of it, most of it Brad Pitt driving. Um, I will say the stuff, Brad Pitt's storyline is the most interesting in the movie. He's the one that's most connected to kind of, there really isn't a plot in this movie until like the last maybe 25, 30 minutes. It's just kind of a, menagerie most of, of this movie is ju- are, is just is yeah it's just scenes so like i mean if there was a plot i had to give one it's basically dicaprio plays this actor who was on this like tv show uh like this western for like two seasons and that got canceled and he was a big star then but now his star is kind of faded and he can only get like basically guest spots on these other westerns playing a villain and it's about him basically trying to get his career back and kind of get back into the spotlight and brad pitt plays his his stunt double who in his past had maybe or maybe not murdered his wife, <laughs> but got away with it if he even did. And so he's kind of like a pariah, but he, he's also kind of become DiCaprio's like driver, handyman, assistant, all around whatever, and friend. Um, and so you have this these two plots where it's DiCaprio acting in this show and trying to capture like magic in a bottle to be really good, while you have Brad Pitt dealing with kind of getting caught up a little bit into the plot of the Manson family. And his plot, like I said, is really interesting because it, it's, it's almost a little like spooky in one part where he actually goes to the compound uh, where they're at, and, and it's it's really tense. Um, and it's really good. Uh, the, Cap- the, the the DiCaprio stuff. The person I saw it with didn't like movie at all either, but they agreed the Brad Pitt stuff was good. They didn't like the DiCaprio stuff. Um, 
I didn't mind it because like again, I want you know, I like acting, acting is I'm I'm an actor, I've done stuff like that. I enjoyed that aspect of it because it was fun seeing him trying to be like the best actor, you know, and he and DiCaprio's perfect at playing kind of this aloof idiot. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what he is. He's a really goofy guy. Like there's a scene where he's pissed off because he flubs lines and it, it jump cuts to him in his trailer screaming at himself. You made fun of your, you made yourself like a fool in front of those goddamn people. You know, like he's just screaming at himself and it's really funny and he's great at that. Um, but there are scenes that Tarantino is known for doing that go on so long that it just gets boring. It's just the big word I could say about this movie for me is that it was just a boring slog. The last 30 minutes, again, phenomenal awesome when it actually gets down to the actual manson family murders when that scene starts happening it's great and if you've seen inglorious bastards you kind of can assume what tarantino is going to do with what happens um but i want to go into big spoilers in case people want to see it um but it is it what's that i want to see it what's that once upon a time in hollywood once upon a time yeah yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Um, it's just what he does with the Manson family murders is really, it's really interesting. It's, 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 it's fun, you know, and that's what I wanted through the whole movie was more fun. And it just, it didn't have it. It was just, it was just boring. And that's, that's really the big thing I could say. I remember the minute ended, it ended, I looked over at the person I was with and I was like, man, if only the movie was as fun as the last 25 minutes, it would have had a, would have had a great movie here. Right. Um, but too bad the first two and a half hours was just a slog, a snooze. Um, Really not much more I can say. They're always said they're all really good. Margot Robbie's really good in it. She doesn't get much to do. I think she maybe talks a total of like thirty words in the whole film. Most of it is her just dancing and smiling. But she's fine. Like she's really good. Okay. Um I definitely can see how there's a lot of controversy around this movie. Um to go into why would be spoilery, so I'm not going to, but there if you, you could just look it up and see, but it would spoil it for you as well if you wanted. Um but it there is a lot of controversy surrounding uh like the back half of the movie. Um, and I can definitely see why it's, it's, um, I didn't have a problem with it. I actually was laughing my ass off for a lot of the last half hour. Um, but I get a lot of the criticisms for that part. So I just want to throw that out there for when people, people who have seen it know what I'm talking about. Um, but overall, yeah, I did not enjoy it. Um, hopefully Tarantino's final movie, his 10th movie, I'll, I'll enjoy it cause it'll be the one he's going out of at least for a while. You know, he'll come back. <laughs> right. Um, and I was pissed. Just a little side thing. If you've seen the trailer, there's a shot of DiCaprio dancing when he does like this little twist motion when he does this thing with his face where he smiles at the camera and does a twist. So that's not in the movie, and I was really pissed off because I thought that was funny. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. I just really liked that moment in the trailer. Oh, that looks great. DiCaprio's so good at that type of stuff. And that sp- that scene is in the movie, just not that specific moment. So I, I was upset. Just a shot but. that they used for the trailer and then didn't actually have in the movie. Exactly, because they'd ever do that. Um, But yeah, so no, I I do not. Me at least, if you like Tarantino stuff, I'm sure you'll like it because it's it's a lot of just his tropes and the stuff he loves for three hours. You'll love it. Um, If you're kind of mixed on Tarantino, stay away because you won't enjoy it like I did. So not recommend. To I wouldn't go that low. I'd probably go half, 50-50, 5 out of 10 if I had to rate it. You know what I mean? Just because there is stuff I enjoyed. The Brad Pitt stuff's entertaining as hell. If I watch it again when it comes out, I'll watch his stuff. Because that is fun and good. So, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. A boring movie came out. Another movie news that popped up into my head. Speaking of movies coming out, Endgame, available on digital. Yeah. That was, you know, one of those that 
I completely forgot when it was coming and I saw it pop up on iTunes and it's like, well, heck yeah. <laughs> I, uh, have you seen the, they come out with, you know, every time the movies start coming closer to when they release, they always release the special, some of the special features and deleted scenes. Did you see the deleted scene that, uh, um, okay. So the movie has been out since April. It's highest grossing film of all time. You've all seen it. So when Tony Stark dies, uh, <gasps> There's a moment, you know, when he dies in the movie, Gwyneth Paltrow's crying, and then it fades to black, and then the funeral scene starts. Well, did you see the deleted scene? There's actually more to that scene. I had not. I have not looked at watched so, the deleted scenes yet. He dies, and she's crying on his shoulder, and the camera cuts to Hawkeye, and he kind of gets down on one knee. Basically, it's a whole, like, 30 seconds or a minute of all the characters just basically taking a knee for Tony Stark. Okay. It's okay. I mean, I get it, but I just feel like, I'm glad they cut it. Right. Because I feel like it was much more powerful to fade to black and then just do the funeral. Because you don't really need to see all these characters honor Tony Stark when you're going to do it again at a funeral 10 minutes later. Right. And I did read that that funeral scene was probably the most expensive shot in a movie in a long time because they're actually all there. Mm -hmm. And the camera's just panning over them. Even though they have no lines, they have no dialogue, they just stand there. It's all just paychecks. And it's all (laughs) the most expensive scene in Hollywood. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah, I'm glad they cut it. It was just redundant, but it's cool when that stuff comes out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood News. So Cody, you ready to go to our list? I I think it's time to go to our lists. So as we said earlier, our list this week <coughs> is the uh, top 10 years for movies or years in movies, our favorite movie years. Um, <laughs> it's just going to have 12 <laughs> titles. <laughs> just, just say them one all title the time. on iTunes, one title on Spotify, <laughs> one title on or Google Play. Yeah, that'll work. It'll kind of like be when they release Clue in theaters. You have to go to each theater to see a different ending. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're listening to, you're getting a different title. Um, for those of you who are new to the show, here's how it works. Each week, Cody and I pick a topic based on movies, television, video games, any pop culture-related item. Then once we do, we both go our separate ways and create our own personal top tens based on that topic. Then we come back on the show and we uh, go back and forth with our list and discuss, laugh, argue. We come home happy. Cody, what do you say? I say, let's do this. All right, Cody, you're first. I am first. So, my number 10 is a year. <laughs> oh, it is? Yes. Well, shit, I got to redo mine. Um, so, you know, starting a little further back, my number 10, I have 1975. Not on my list. Almost. Almost on my list. It hurt me not to put it on my list, and I'm sure you know why. <laughs> I'm I'm 100% sure I know why. Um, so, of the, the big movie years that I, I put on here, um, this one includes a couple of... Well, one of my favorite movies, and then a couple other huge movies that I really like. Um, so, the movie that Nick's talking about is Jaws. Mm-hmm. The start of the summer blockbuster. The start of the summer blockbuster. The the big the big summer movie. Then I mean, if this was just summer movies, would 1975 be on your list? Probably. <laughs> just not number one, probably, because oh, yeah. in terms of big blockbusters, oh, I, this sure. is really it. You know. Right. Um. But then I mean, other huge movies that came out that year. One flew over the cuckoo's nest with Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. and uh, a bunch of other people. Oh. Louise Fletcher, Lu- Danny Louise DeVito, Fletcher, Christopher Danny Lloyd, Brad Dourif. Which you didn't realize was Danny DeVito right away. <laughs> I did not till the end credits <laughs> and I had to go back and watch a scene. <laughs> Bullshit, that's Danny DeVito. He has hair. Um, 
movie Nick hates, Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I hate. I don't. I love the first twenty five minutes. Um, so I put the first twenty five minutes of Rocky Horror with the last twenty five minutes of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You got a perfect damn good movie, movie right there. Um, and then a couple other smaller movies that I I thoroughly enjoy. Um, as we talked in our musical number episode, um, about the movie Tommy that came out in seventy five. Um, by the Who, and I kept looking at. I always, you know, we we always write down each other's lists as we're doing them, and I wrote down 1975. And the whole time you've been talking, I'm looking at it, going, that just looks wrong. <laughs> I just now realized because I wrote 1775. <laughs> <laughs> I just my brain didn't compute that it was a seven, not a nine. <laughs> the whole time you're talking, I'm like, it just looks wrong. What is wrong with this? Oh, that's, you know, just stroking off in the middle of writing <laughs> there. Here. And we'll just keep going. Um, <laughs> Cody so, hosts the show this week by himself. Oh, boy. That would be a shit show right there. Um, <laughs> and, of course, one of the my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> comedy movies, the Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, short list for 1975, but there there was enough of these big or I think these movies are big enough to actually, you know, feature it on my list. And if not just for, you know, Jaws and Cuckoo's Nest. Um, but yeah, the others really add to it and it's really why I have seventy five on my list. So I almost did. Like like it was close. I, I bumped it off for something else. Um even as far as like yesterday, I remember looking at what movies were released in seventy five because I was I truly wanted it on here because of Jaws. <laughs> right. Um and again, yes, Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky Horror, Holy Grail. But I just, other than that, I mean, yeah, Dog Day Afternoon, which is a big movie, Barry Lyndon. But other than that, there wasn't really anything I wanted. Nothing big enough that made me want to bump something off my list. But I truly could have if I really wanted to because those are good. I mean, just for Cuckoo's Nest and Jaws alone, mm-hmm. you know. And the biggest movie of that year was, in fact, Jaws. Oh, yeah. For a couple of years. For, yeah. So, yeah, that's all. That's really all I have to say on 1975. All right. So my number 10 is from the 2000s. Not the year 2000, but from the 2000s. So my number 10 is the year 2003. And Not on my list. Okay. So for 2003, I'll start with lower ones first. And low in terms of there's a big one I'm leading to, but they're not bad. So, I mean, because obviously 2003 made my list. So this year, I looked at this year as a good year for comedy. So you had Bad Santa, Elf, you know, those two alone are huge movies. Two really big Christmas movies that are still on rotation all year round even now. You also had Finding Nemo, one of mm-hmm. Pixar's best movies. It was both top five for you and I. Right. Um, you had the, the first Pirates of the Caribbean, and don't be skipping ahead and looking online, Cody, at that 2003. <laughs> Let me tell you. And then you had Lord of the Rings Return of the King. You fin- you had the, the rounding out of uh, the Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. So when I was looking at the list, it's like, oh, yeah, that was a damn good year. Purely for, Lord of the- for Return of the King alone. I mean, how many Oscars it won, how many it was nominated for, you know. But then you also throw in the huge franchise starter that is Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, a movie that right. no one thought was going to work. I remember being the age we were and even thinking then this movie's not going to be good. I didn't end up based... seeing that until probably three or four years later when the uh, oh, really? third one came out. I, I think I watched all three of them right before the third one came out. 
Okay, yeah, I went opening day for this. And I remember the theater we went to, just a memory I have, uh, they let us in while the end credits were still rolling for the, for, for the showing before ours. I remember just, you know, even back then, I was a huge movie score nerd. And I remember sitting there in the theater listening to just the score playing and being like, man, this movie's going to be great. Like, it instantly just changed my mind purely based on the score. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that, you know, you had Return of the King, the capping of, of like, arguably the biggest, it's not the biggest series now, but right. of the time, the biggest, probably, probably the, still is the biggest fantasy movie series of all time, I would say. Um, Star Wars, that's sci-fi. Uh, and then, like I said, you have the big franchise starter of Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, a movie, like I said, that no one thought was going to be good. A movie based on a um, theme park ride, you know, with mm-hmm. a weird, like Johnny Depp, a guy who hasn't done anything good since like Ed Wood or Sleepy Halloween, you know. And then it was huge. And then, like I said, you have Pixar still crushing it with probably their most emotional movie up to that point with Finding Nemo. And then you have, like I said, the one-two punch Christmas punch of Elf and Bad Santa. Like, Elf is still, like I said, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Same with Bad Santa. Bad Santa is a movie I can watch all year round and laugh my ass off. Um, And Elf, probably the movie that, like, just jump-started Will Ferrell's career. You know? Really, yeah absolutely is what did it so i knew when i saw all those movies like, oh yeah that's on here so yeah number 10 it's 2003 oh, school of rock was 2003 oh school of rock i didn't even see that <laughs> absolutely school of rock jack black is phenomenal in that movie all right so moving down to my number nine unless you have anything to add to 2003 looney tunes back in action <laughs> no let's not talk about looney well tunes just back stop in the presses <laughs> <laughs> hey steve martin's fun in that yeah um all right, so my number nine is one of those years where I don't have a lot of movies to talk about with it, but the movies that I am that I am going to talk about or are going to talk about, whatever, they both sound weird saying it, uh, are big influen- influential movies and definitely influential on me. So that's why I had to put this on here. So my number nine is 1974. It was the year 1974. So... I almost had 1974 on my list. I just had to okay. check. I didn't make. Sh- I check and make sure I didn't keep it on there. Okay. Um, so the three movies. So I'll start with the first one first. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Was not was 74 The Exorcist too? Hey, let me pull up my backup list. I know I wrote 74 down. Uh, I don't so have, I don't have Exorcist on my list for that nope, one. No, it's 73. Okay, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that alone is like. The start of like the the horror horror wouldn't really the slasher genre wouldn't really take off till seventy eight for with Halloween but with like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the start of kind of almost your your grimy like realistic horror you know um, and then on the opposite end the other two movies I'm going to talk about are two movies that I didn't realize were released in the same year and <laughs> is incredible they were Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein I thought that too when I was going through my list that those were both Yes, the 74, and those were the two that I was really going to focus yeah. on if I left this and, on my list. And like I said, so these are the only three movies I have for 74. So I grant the other lists I have, I have lots more movies for each year, and only three for this one. But just in terms of like influence, this year's a big influence year, because a lot of movies will be influenced by the style of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You still have that today. Rob Zombie has built his career on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> you know, like even his, any of his movies he's made have a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre influence. And then what a year for Mel Brooks to have arguably his two most well-known and well-regarded movies come out in the same year, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Uh, 
Young Frankenstein, you know, it's my favorite Mel Brooks movie. It's just incredible. They're both so funny. And again, it's just, I can't believe that I, like I, said, I couldn't believe they were both in the same year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you imagine living in that year and being like seeing blazing saddles and, or young, I, I think blazing saddles was first and being like, man, this movie is fantastic. It's so funny. And then a few, a few months later, Oh crap. Another one from Another him one. Right. and just being blown away, you know, like it, it's just awesome. You don't get that anymore. And I just, I love it. So I do have one more to add, uh, yeah. to 1974. Um, and it's, it's one that I haven't, I don't think I've actually seen it, but I, I, I can attest that I've, I know it's a, it was huge. Um, uh, when the Godfather part two came out. Correct. I, I had that and I've com- I remember looking when I saw that thing. Okay. I got to add that on here and I completely forgot. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sorry again, and it's another surprising one that it's 74. You'd think the first one was 74 because I don't remember them being that old, but Godfather part two. Yeah, absolutely. A movie that's a lot of times considered better than the original. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I love the first Godfather. Um, but yeah, the second one's fantastic. So yeah, you have Texas Chainsaw, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and Godfather part two. Like that's a damn good year. It is. And yeah, and really nothing else huge in that year but yeah those ones are mm-hmm. that's which, what i said this, again this i didn't year. realize how old oh that, that was half my list it's like holy crap that was 40 <laughs> years ago that was 30 years it's yeah like, wow absolutely and that's the uh that, that's that's what i meant by this year is definitely more of an influence year as opposed to like a bulk year mm-hmm. as you'll see with some of my other years so yeah number nine 1974 probably what's number nine so my number nine a uh, little close a little more uh recent um, but not too much. So my number nine is 1981. Not on my list. Not on your list. Okay. This is a... I don't know where this list is going with both of us. We don't have any punts. Mm-hmm. Um, so 1981. Uh, in... So at least... So to start out, another Mel Brooks release, History of the World Part 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, to where, you know, fantastic comedy throughout. I'm still movie. waiting for History of the World Part D. <laughs> he will die before that ever gets done. <laughs> um, and then uh, a very... So the movie, not as much influential, um, but more so, for me at least, doing the play. Um, 1981 was the release of On Golden Pond, which I did not realize <laughs> was that old of a movie. I thought early 90s. Oh, yeah. Nope. Or it was late 80s. Late 80s. Um, but of course, we did. Uh, Nick and I both were in that play in high school, and it was just a fantastic play, a fantastic show to be a part of. Um, I know there was, you know, a lot more to it than just doing the show, um, but the story itself is fantastic. With um, you know, rekindling a relationship with your family that is pretty much estranged otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple starts in 1981 to some huge, well, huge-ish. And then huge franchises. We had uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981 mm-hmm. to start the Indiana Jones franchise. And Evil Dead to start oh, yeah. the Evil Dead franchise. Um, of course, Evil Dead was kind of a flop at the time. And is probably one of the lowest budget movies on my list. In terms of <laughs> influence and what again, it would, like you said, what it would jumpstart. I mean, now they, ha- they have what, four movies... A TV series, um, Bruce countless Campbell's career, games. countless games. Yeah, exactly. Ash is on. He's now on Dead by Daylight as a, exactly. as a, as a playable character. 
So to start out with basically a camp or a campy horror movie and now be one of the more successful horror franchises, I mean, mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, a huge turnaround for, for the whole team there. Uh, what else do I have on my list? I also put Heavy Metal. That was an interesting movie. Have you seen Heavy Metal? The only bits of Heavy Metal I've seen was the heavily influenced episode of South Park. Okay. So, I mean, Heavy Metal, it's a, it's an anthology movie that has, you know, three or four different stories in it. All of them are uh, just really weird. And it's it's a animated movie that I I never realized a lot of the voices that were in it. Um, John Candy, John Candy is, in Candy it, is right? the biggest one that always gets me. And then when he starts talking, because mm-hmm. the character doesn't really look like him. Um, and then just the the rock music throughout uh it's it's a jukebox musical well not a jukebox musical but it it has the heavy metal music influence um yeah to the stories and it's uh, just a really good music movie um those are the biggest movies i have for 1981 you know a couple other smaller ones chariots of fire is one of just the song is influential Um, i don't remember anything about the movie or know anything about the movie besides that theme song (laughs) um in the original Clash of the Titans, I always remember watching the, the horrible oh, claymation effects. Um, I loved I loved it, anything Harryhausen's effects. They're 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 dated obviously now, but like back then, that was great. I'm sure you know what I mean. Like the look of it. Like I just have a fondness for that mm-hmm. stop motion. For sure, I always remember the owl is my is always my favorite. Just mm-hmm. so ridiculous. And when they remade Clash of the Titans. <laughs> they make fun of the owl. I, I I I get mad at how they just throw the owl away. <laughs> it's just so goofy. But no. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, my number nine, nineteen eighty-one. I thought about eighty-one, but I just thought, well, definitely Raiders was huge, and Evil Dead's a big influence. But I don't know. I, I it was hard. It was a hard one to leave off, but I ended up leaving it off. Okay. All right, Cody. What's your number eight? So my number eight, um, jumping. Taking a real short jump back in time, um, so my for my, my number, so for my number eight, use take two. <laughs> I chose nineteen eighty. My number seven. Okay, so we may talk about the same movies uh, for this one. Sure. So I mean, I can start a couple smaller ones. Um, a movie that one of those movies that I think my mom rented from the video store on a whim because she had seen it once. And thought it'd be a good movie for me to watch. The Gods Must Be Crazy. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. It's basically this this tribe in Africa. An airplane flies over and throws a Coke bottle out the window. That's right. It's, I, knew, I knew it had to do with, with, with a pop. But I can't remember which. I, I'm sh- I should have figured it was yeah, Coke. It was a Coke bottle. And they thought it was a message from the gods. And um, they go on. A, or the one guy goes on a mission basically to throw it off the edge of the earth. And. Mm-hmm. shenanigans ensue it's a it's a it's a comedy um and it was it just you know a good watch i probably saw it 10 15 years ago but i remember remember about it and it's just the ridiculous and i mean because i mean what would you think if you're you don't have the the exposure to people or coca-cola if something fall, falls out of the sky you don't really mm-hmm. know that makes sense um let's see what else do I have over here? I'm going to bring this to my other screen so I'm not turning my head every time. Uh, of course, Empire Strikes Back. Yep. That's probably the biggest one of the year. It's a damn uh, good movie. <laughs> um, 
I'll leave. I, th- I think I know a few that you're going to talk about, but I'm taking Blues Brothers. I was just going to say, are you sure you don't want to take your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Blues Brothers. Um, okay. Two brothers on a mission from God to get money for their orphanage. Uh, biggest, uh, most expensive car chase scene ever filmed. Most cars ruined in a car sh- uh, until the second movie came out. But yeah. Um, and it's just a great musical. There's great music in it. Aretha, uh, great guest stars, Aretha Franklin, uh, Ray Charles, uh, so many. Um, and the Saturday Night Live band. I, I I love that they used the Saturday Night Live band mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie. Um, and then, I'm sure, I'll, I'll let Nick take a couple of these movies because his, 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 his is number seven. Yeah, so we also had Caddyshack in 1980. So Blues Brothers was your big comedy musical influence of that year. Mine's Caddyshack. Okay. Uh, it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I love Caddyshack. Rodney Dangerfield is so funny in that movie. Have you seen Caddyshack? Oh, yeah. It's been a while. Okay. but it, Good. It's, At least I've you've seen, seen it. it. And Bill Murray is, is fantastic as well. Hunting the um, gopher the whole time. But then on the Bravo. horror side of oh. it, you have Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um. Stephen King hates this movie. I enjoy it a lot. Um, When I first saw it, I I had never read it, so I didn't really have any of those problems. I've read the book now and love it, so I do have a lot of the same problems King has, but I still am able to kind of separate the two and really enjoy it. Jack Nicholson's performance is awesome. Um, But then, to me, the biggest movie of that year, and not necessarily maybe in box office, but in terms of starting something that was going to carry on for while going on Still 30 now. years now is the very first uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, purely made as a money scheme to capitalize off of Halloween. The creator has admitted that, that he saw the money Halloween made and said, well, I can do that. So he picked the date, you know, Friday the 13th. There's no reason for it to be called that. Not a single reason. It, it just takes place on Friday the 13th. There's no, you know, connection to the, the bad luck or anything. Um, but in terms of what that series would go on to do, I mean, we've had, I think we've had 12. Yeah. Because they're in a legal battle right now over the, the rights to the character of Jason. So there hasn't been any more, which was a real bummer because the next movie would be the 13th. <laughs> right. And that's um, actually holding up development on the game as well. Yeah. The game is done. Uh, they have a team that works on it purely just to keep it uh, alive. do keep it keep it live and whatnot and keep doing updates and it's and, and to be able they just ported it over to the switch and it comes out uh, in a couple weeks or so. Okay. Um, but yeah. other than that, it killed the game because they cannot come out with any new content, which sucks. Because that game, I played that game uh, every Thursday and Friday night for about a year when it came out. Mm-hmm. Every single week, I played that game and I loved it. But once it kind of come out that they were done with it i just well i mean it's still fun but it just kind of took the fun out of leveling up and doing stuff um but just in terms of the influence that would have halloween started the slasher craze but friday 13th started the trashy slasher for uh craze (laughs) which was purely movies that were made just to watch people die in really gruesome and in creative ways um i love the friday the 13th series it has its ups and downs of course you did a whole Uh, episode on friday i was gonna say you can listen to my little mini episode a while back when I did my top five favorite kills. And I talk a lot more about that, but just in terms of influence, 1980 was a big year purely for me because of Friday the 13th and what that was going to go on to do. Uh, it, it created a horror icon that year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 1980 was a good year. Yeah, and I, I only have two other movies on here that you didn't, I flash mm-hmm. Gordon, I mean, big, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, an airplane. The soundtrack's the best part of Flash Gordon. Oh yeah, I think I listened to the soundtrack more than I've ever seen the movie. Airplane's a good one. I I didn't have room on my phone on my notes. I didn't want to take up too much space on my notes. Right. Uh, but Airplane for sure uh, is definitely one of the best comedies ever made. It's fantastic. Surely don't call me serious. Wait. That's right. <laughs> it's on my list a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but so yeah, that that's my number eight. Nick's number seven. So. Let's look at Nick's number eight. Okay, so my number eight. Let me grab my phone here so I can look at my movies. So my number eight is 2004. Punt. Alrighty. So punt, when we talk about punts on the show, means Cody has that year much lower on his list. So I didn't punt 1980 because it was my next one, so we talked about it. But Cody has 2004 lower on his list to where it would make more sense to talk about it uh, when we get it to it on his. Okay. So we will punt that. And move on to my number seven, which was, as we said, 1980. So, Cody, give us your number seven. So, my number seven um, is a little more recent. Not not this, not the last couple centuries still, but this is the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're 90s kids. So, uh, looking right. at 1993. You're good. I'm good? Don't have it. Nope, don't have okay. it. Okay. I just have to, it's, you know, it's easier just to look at names of movies when I'm looking at years. Like, okay, let's, 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 93. Nope, you're good. So, nope, don't have it. Um, almost. Almost. Okay, so 1993, my biggest movies on there, uh, Jurassic Park, huge mm-hmm. start to another Spielberg project that, I mean, is still going on. They have, they just released the fifth movie in the series. Fifth movie? Yep. Fifth movie. Um, and I actually, you know, just, looking at newswire before uh recording uh stern pinball is releasing a new jurassic park pinball table of all things um i was watching have you ever watched the trailer for a pinball table no (laughs) did you know pinball tables had trailers no because i thought (laughs) pinball tables were like out of style they are not and they are still like i if i had nine thousand dollars i would buy this the limited edition jurassic park pinball table I've seen over the years people selling them on like Facebook. Like I would love to get my hands on the Adams Family one. Mm-hmm. I'm just not paying the price for it. Oh yeah, I, but if I could find like a pinball table for a couple hundred bucks, I'd have a pinball table. I remember when I was little, we would have to uh, we would go to the laundromat to do our laundry, and yep. that they had an Adams Family pinball machine, and I what's racked funny, up hours on that. What's funny is that like the Adams, you could every place had the Adams Family one. Yes, and, and I remember reading somewhere that like that was the most like profitable one. Or something like that. It was one of the biggest pinball machines of all time. Because of the music, I think. And because of Christopher Lloyd, of course. And Christopher Lloyd. And it's, yeah, it was just a fantastic game. Um, but the Addams Family did not come out in 1993. You know what did come out in 1993? What did? Schindler's List. Yes, it did. I still haven't watched it, but I can't ignore the fact that it is a huge, influential movie. Um, and made back to back with Jurassic Park. And as we mentioned, what last week, Schindler, mm-hmm. working on Schindler's List and Jurassic Park was yeah. one of the hard, at the same time, was one of the hardest things to flip flop back and forth for Spielberg. And I can imagine why. Um, and then just a couple other, I mean, I got another Mel Brooks release with Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm. Um, I do love some, some Men in Tights, the movie, the movie. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, a 
infinitely rewatchable Halloween or Christmas movie, depending on the person or I mean, just watch it both. Watch it October through uh, December. You can just watch that movie and it's okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire, Robin Williams and drag can't go wrong there. And what's eating Gilbert grape, a tough movie to watch, but still a very good movie. It's really good. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's debut, correct? Uh, like, no, he'd been around before he'd that. Been around before. It was, it was okay. just the one that showed he could do more than... Because he was on Growing Pains. Okay. I say Growing Pains or uh, Family Ties, one of those. And he was just like the... he, You know, he, he was just a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So, actually, one of his first movies was like Critters 3, and he was like a young kid. Okay. Um, but no, this was the movie that showed DiCaprio could really, really act. He yeah. got nominated for an Oscar for it and stuff. So, yeah. I'm... I just... It's hard for me to watch that movie now because I just think of American Dad. Oh yeah, the the squirrels. <laughs> squirrels. And yeah, that that's me too now. But um, it's still I still what, what's eating Gilbert Grape is is a very good movie. Um, Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. great. I mean, it's yeah, but it it is a tough watch, and the ending is yeah real sad. But I thought about putting this year on my list, but I just had other ones I liked more. But definitely, for sure, for Schindler's List and Jurassic Park, you know, yeah. two massive Spielberg films. Mm-hmm. But yes, just to make, I wanted to make sure I was correct. Fam- Adam's Family Pinball is the best-selling pinball machine of all time. Yeah, but I knew yeah. I'd read that somewhere because I was like, really, that's fantastic. I remember playing the hell out of that game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so my number seven, nineteen ninety-three. All righty, Cody, what's your number six? Oh, it's already my number six. Oh boy! So, <laughs> my number six is okay. Uh, still not quite this century or this decade. This century, this decade, decade. We're going into the two thousands though. So my number six. I was taking a look at two thousand eight. Punt. Okay. Nope, I'm wrong. It's my number six. <laughs> looking at that. I was looking at the wrong thing. <laughs> I was looking at the wrong one. Okay, so... 2008, you said, correct? 2008. Okay, yep, that's my six. The the wonderful year where we were introduced to the Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I just kind of threw a yeah, dart and there picked was, something there off was a my list. Very, there was a very <laughs> uh, different Jack Black movie that came out that same year. Yes, yes, there was. But um, before, not to bury the lead... 2008 was the year of the Dark Knight. It was the Dark Knight, yes. I, I almost said that, and then I figured I'd let you. <laughs> um, but also Iron Man. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The beginning of the the Infinity Saga, the beginning of what ended this year. I mean, yeah, we're looking at 11 years of, of cinema uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it all started here in 2008 with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so we had Dark Knight, arguably the best superhero film of all time. Iron Man, like you said, we also had uh, arguably Pixar's best film, Wall-E. Wall-E. Yeah. Uh, we also had, uh, like you said, Kung Fu Panda, DreamWorks, really knocking it out of the park with their Kung Fu Panda series, which Good I love. Piece. I remember, I, yeah, I remember going and seeing that by myself. It was one of those like no one wanted to go. Ah, I'll go see it. And I loved it. And then you also have the opposite of that, uh, another Jack Black film, one of my favorites of all time, Tropic Thunder, which I love. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. It is just so damn funny. I remember at that point, my uncle was working at a uh, news station, and so he got um, he always got press screenings. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went and saw Tropic Thunder eh, about a week or so before it came out. 
I remember just dying because it was the best screenings to go to because everyone's there. No one's talking. No one's got their phones out because we all have press screenings. We're here to watch it and have fun. And I remember when Tom Cruise came on screen the first time as Les Grossman, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's just so damn funny. Um, but no, that's all I have for that year. Do you have anything else for that? Any other movies? I mean, for that year? Um, I, actually, I try to keep my list to like the big, like huge ones. Cause I want to take up too much space, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I have I have I have it open in words, so I mean I have all the mm-hmm. space I need. So yeah, I I filled it I filled in a little more, but um, just I want to mention about Tropic Thunder. I was talking with a listener um, this past weekend um, about their top ten movie quotes. Um, they were putting together a list, and they were you know complaining to me about how hard it actually is to put a list together. Oh yeah, it, for sure. Um, no, it's but, not easy, everybody. <laughs> but he he did mention that uh, one of Tom Cruise's lines was on his top ten. I don't know the line. I'm waiting for him to post it to our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did say that one of uh, Tom Cruise's line from Tropic Thunder is is on his top ten, and it's probably a line that we couldn't say on the show, or else we'd have to explicit it again. True, which that episode is already much, explicit <laughs> because pretty yeah, it's true. Pretty much every line Tom Cruise says in that movie is incredibly vulgar. True, which, which is why I love it because <laughs> um, you'd see Tom Cruise do something he hadn't done before, you mm-hmm. know, which I think was why it was so much fun, and it was his choice. To, to look the way he did in that movie. <laughs> He's the one that told Ben Stiller, I want fat hands. So they gave him the fat, the, the big fat hands prosthetic, and he wanted to dance. <laughs> that was his like stipulation. Fat hands, and I want to dance. <laughs> I mean, he knew he you was know, doing like, a comedy, and he fit the part. Yeah, and he did and it. It was just he so great. Like, I, I remember they talked for years about doing a spinoff, a uh, Les Grossman spinoff, and it never happened, but oh, I would have loved it. So a couple other big movies. Um, well, big movies critically, Slumdog Millionaire and Hurt Locker. Oh, absolutely. Hurt Locker was 2008? I thought that was 2009. It was oh, on God. the list I was looking at in 2008. Okay. It probably was. Um, and the uh, uh, and Gran Torino was another hit big critically. critically oh, that's right. Um, except loved movie. Um, what's he, uh, not What's Eating Benjamin. Uh, the, the, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I only wrote Benjamin Button. Button. (laughs) I only wrote Benjamin Button. I could not, for the life of me, remember what the actual beginning of the title was. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And the culmination so far of the Indiana Jones saga, Kingdom Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, was 2008. 2008 Um, was a really good year. 2008 was a huge year. I I could have put it lower, but I just think these other years have just more influence on stuff. You know, this was the year it kind of like, I mean, granted, yes, Iron Man jump-started a universe that now has a movie in it that is the highest-grossing film of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt like these other years I had, you know, had more bigger movies that more more influential movies. But I mean, yeah. just looking at 2008, like I always look fondly back at 2008. I mean, I also had Step Brothers, like one of oh, my yeah. favorite movies. Not just favorite comedies, one of my favorite movies. I love Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and fun fact, I lost my wallet in the movie theater when I went and saw that. Um, and it's just a great year, you know, like you said, all, even Wally, I love Wally as we talked in our Pixar, uh, episode. It's just, it was a very good year. Same to with have Indiana the entire Jones. first half of the movie with no dialogue. Yeah. You know, even with Indiana Jones, that was another one I went and saw three weeks before it came out. Mm-hmm. And I, as we've talked, I mean, I, I'm a pariah. I love kingdom of the crystal skull. I love it. I, I enjoy it. I don't hate it. Like a lot of people seem to, um, but no, 2008 grown was on really me. Yeah, it was a really good year. Mm-hmm. 
Anything else on the 2008? No, that's all I have in my notes on 2008. All right, so moving down to my number six. My number six was the 2008. So, Cody, draft time. Draft time. So, middle of every episode, we take a look at the box office draft, where we take a look at the movies coming out the 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 the, the week. We take a look at the movies coming out this week and take bids on them, um, to where we want them on our team. Whatever we bid, we lose, and then we make up for it with whatever that movie makes domestically i got the movie purchased last week uh a lot of like one hop movies this or one hop weekends this summer um of course last weekend was once upon a time in hollywood so far i've only made a profit of six million but that is slowly climbing um of course i can't beat the fact that nick has the lion king that's hit that's over 350 million domestically he's um, done so much and it has aladdin which is i mean lion king has already beat aladdin aladdin's only at 346 which for being out so much longer i was surprised when i saw that how much more lion king has made than aladdin um i still have a couple huge movies that are still climbing uh spider-man far from home made me a couple a few more million uh this week at 345 and toy story 4 is still, I think, top five in theaters. Um, I'm almost a 400 million with that alone. Um, but our totals this week, Nick is looking at 1.3 billion, mm-hmm. um, and I'm up at 852 million. So only one big release this week, and that is Hobbs and Shaw. Fast um, and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I just wrote Hobo too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, seriously when we wrote him earlier when i was writing it down i wrote hobo and shaw and chloe and i were talking that sounds like a really fun movie that's a and I totally different movie that. so hobo i don't know anything shaw. about i don't know anything about uh fast and the furious um I, so I went, um so for fast and furious i i went i remember i went and saw the first one when it came out in theaters what was like 2001 or 2002 and i, I fell asleep. tell you <laughs> um I'm not a big car person, and the first few movies in this series, they were they were racing movies. They were drag racing, you know, crime movies, basically. It wasn't until they started, it was it was when they came back big with the series, which was Fast and Furious, which was the fourth one when they brought Paul Walker, Vin Diesel back, and I, I don't think The Rock was in that one. Yeah, he was in the fifth one, I think. Um, that the series kind of shifted to, like, just full-on cartoonish action set pieces, and they were more, right. like, heist and action films that I started to enjoy them. Now, don't take me saying I enjoy them as saying they're good films, because mm. they're not. Um, I remember when, the last one I went and saw, whatever, it was Fast 8, I believe, a couple years ago. And I remember leaving the theater, I had a hell of a good time. Like, they're fun movies. Like, you will not be upset watching the newest ones, because they're a fun couple hours of just ridiculous action. They're yeah. really stupid, though. <laughs> um, For sure. Uh, the director, the creator, one of them just came out like yesterday and said that he has no problem with seeing the series go to space. Which, uh, sure, you know, I mean, they haven't done anything. The Rock, they're basically superheroes. I Vin mean, Avengers went to space and that worked for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Vin <laughs> Diesel, he's a terrible, terrible actor. Like he always has been. I mean, he's just bubbles his way through stuff. Unless he's playing Groot, he's terrible. Um, but The Rock knows exactly what type of movie it is. And that's why, like, I don't know if I'll go see Hobbs and Shaw in theaters. What's that? I'm just thinking, like, he has, he has a much more 
Um, he has a much bigger range saying three words than he has in any of his other movies combined. <laughs> he has in anything, you know? <laughs> like, I always laugh, like, with, with Vin Diesel, his big thing in this movie is, you know, family. And it's like, oh, my God, just shut up and go eat another donut. And, like, the man's gotten heavier and heavier with every movie. Um, but I, with The Rock knowing, and, and honestly, my favorite one is the one where Jason Statham is the bad guy because I love Jason Statham a lot. And mm-hmm. he's really good in these types of roles. And and then the eighth one, they brought him back in like a cameo. Charlize Theron was the villain, but they brought him back in a cameo and he actually helped them. And I remember thinking them, good, I don't want him to be the villain. I want him to join the team because Jason Statham's awesome. And so when they announced Hobbs and Shaw, fun story about it, uh, Vin Diesel is such a conceited jerk that they had were, they had filmed a post-credit scene for the end of the eighth Fast and Furious that was going to set up Hobbs and Shaw, kind of introduce they were going to do it. Vin Diesel heard about it. He's a producer on those movies and completely lost his mind and nixed it because you don't, this is my movie. You're not putting that at the end. Wow. God, dude, like you are not an action star anymore. You're his only claim to fame now are those movies. Um, but so I'm, I'm eager to see it. Like I said, I I don't know if I'll see it in the theater. Um, I figured there's nothing going on. I might, um, it just looks big, stupid fun. Just like the Fast and Furious movies. This one looks like it's going even more cartoonish. Right. Like Idris Elba, like, is, like, souped up on, like, like, he's almost like a superhero. You know, That's the what Rock I at watching whips the trailer a chain too. and takes down a helicopter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it is just ridiculous. But that's what the series has become, and it's, and it's fun for that. So yeah. I think it looks interesting. Again, though, Hobo and Shaw would be a much more uh, interesting film, I think. Who knows? Maybe that will be the next sequel. Um, yeah, Cody, so, what'd you bid for it? So I bid in 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 prediction that this is twenty. This is number twenty six. So I th- we did the last one for thirteen weeks. Are we doing this one for thirteen weeks too, and starting over next week? Sure. So I bid conservatively based on that. That we have one week for this to make money. So I bid twenty million, and I bid thirty eight. So it's all yours. Good deal. I don't think that'll be a much of a enough of a deficit for you to actually pull me anywhere close to you but um okay so nick gets hobo and shaw (laughs) for 38 million dollars so that's our box office draft back to your regularly scheduled programming where we're taking a look at our top 10 years in of with buy in movies that's right (laughs) um choose your own adventure so uh, we looked at my number six and then Nick's number six. So on to Nick's number five. So my number five is the year closing out the new millennium, 1999. Punt. That's a punt. So we will talk about it in a minute. Cody, you got to talk about anything? No. <laughs> you get to talk <laughs> All about right, Cody. So he- here's your chance. Your five? Here's your chance to talk about 2004. A punt from earlier. Oh. Um, this was let me talk about number eight. So we'll let him talk about it first. All right, so since Glyco, you said number 2004 was my number eight, and it's his number five. So 2004, uh, to me, so what I have down the movies, and we can talk about them individually if we want, but I have the, the movies that made me think this was a really good year. So you had Spider-Man 2, which if you listened to our episode a few weeks ago, is my favorite Spider-Man film. Mm-hmm. So I think, it's the be- I think it's the best Spider-Man film. We had Shrek 2, which just as good as the first one. I love Shrek. We had uh, The Aviator by Martin Scorsese with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, a movie that a lot of people kind of don't like anymore, which is weird because I don't remember it getting all the shit it does now. Uh, I quite enjoy it. Um, 
you had the Dawn of the Dead remake, which to me is one of the best remakes of all time. It is really good. And already remaking a movie that's considered one of the best horror films ever made. And then you're doing one that's just as good. And then you had... Like they tried with my... Psycho. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> At least this one did a little things different. The zombies run. This is like the movie that started like the running zombies. You yeah. know, I think maybe 28 weeks or days later was before that. And they ran, but they're not zombies. So. Right. Um, and then you had my favorite Harry Potter film, The Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. which is awesome. Like I said, if you want to hear in-depth on that, I mean, you can go listen to our episode on Harry Potter, but it's my favorite one. It's the one I feel like that really flipped the switch on the series and made it what it would become for the rest of the, the final five films. Um, Cody, do you have any more to add to that? I do have a couple. Um, I I know this movie didn't get a lot of... I, I don't hear a lot of good about this movie, but I really enjoyed Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, Jim Carrey drama movie. I was just talking about that with some woman the other day, and you know me, I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. Mm-hmm. I have been, I mean, since I was like five, I mean, back yeah. in the day, you know. The mask um, and whatnot. And and I just, I, I don't like Eternal Sunshine. I've watched it, and he's really good in it, but I've watched it a few times. I remember I even had to, had to, had to watch it for my one of my film classes in college, and I just, I, there's something about it. I don't know. I don't like yeah, it. It's, it's, and I, I like it because the story's so different. Uh, it's, yeah, it's trying to just erase his mind erase his, his memories. memories of her yeah um, and then the fight to get bring it back um one of my favorite musicals came out that year phantom of the opera oh uh, i forgot about that no i love the phantom of the opera movie um to where yeah i'll just bust out singing phantom of the opera songs every once I just, in a while I, I i still consistently listen to that soundtrack mm-hmm. on my Me phone too. like if i'm walking or something working out or whatever like i'll just pop on phantom and just let it run because that soundtrack because it's an opera, a soundtrack's basically you're, you're just listening to the film. It really is, you know. Um, and I love that because they're, I love they're the singing almost movie. throughout the whole movie. Uh, let's see, what else do I have on here? Um, for some reason, one of my favorite movies through high school. I still can't figure out why I liked it so much, but the day after tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> I remember you loving that movie. I don't and think I've watched one it since. It's kind of like Fast and Furious, the newest ones. That like it's not good, but it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably like the last like big like uh, until like Far From Home, like the last like blockbuster Hall did. Yeah. You know, like he would then go on to do like a lot of like good smaller movies well, or he's, movies he's, where he's, they're like serious. Source Code and yeah, um, you know, or Zodiac, different things Zodiac. like that. You know, it wasn't until like Far From Home that was like he was like, all right, I'll do a big blockbuster exactly. again. And, then, and it's got Dennis Quaid who kind of came and went. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. National Treasure, you know. Oh, I forgot National Treasure. The, the stealing the Declaration of Independence, um, which uh, you know we might do in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um. And Napoleon Dynamite. God, how did I miss these? <laughs> I mean, I and already Dodge have it on my Ball, list. True so underdog it works story. For me, but I mean, National Treasure. You know, you know me. I'm a history major. For I sure. love and and in my forte, you know, it's American history. And granted, yes, National Treasure stretches a lot of that. Oh, and for I, sure. I just yeah, I like movies like that though mysteries like that with with american history and that's i really like both of those movies are they good probably not but they're fun yeah um, I, I, and napoleon i like the heist movies yeah they're great um and napoleon dynamite is a movie that when i went and saw that when i watched it when it first came on on dvd i must have blu-ray which did not exist no. uh i didn't see it in theater i remember hating it <laughs> movie ended and i remember sitting there going god this movie was so stupid but as i watched it over the years <laughs> yeah I you came to, back to I, it that's... I love Napoleon Dynamite. 
And that that's one of the things I, I, I laugh about you is that you can start out hating a movie. Oh, yeah. And rewatch it a couple times and then it grows to be a favorite. Not, yeah. you know, not your favorite, but there, a there, favorite. It, it's, I don't know if it's just because when I first watch it, I'm looking for, you know. You're expecting a good movie. <laughs> exa- exactly. Maybe it's expectations on, and what I get is wildly different. But with Napoleon Dynamite, it's one of those movies where the whole the movie as a whole is maybe not great. But it's the individual like little moments here and there mm-hmm. that make that movie fantastic. Like I love Napoleon Dynamite now, and, and and it could be because it was such a strange movie. It was the first like sh- big one that really kind of was very odd. Like all the movies by that guy, uh, Jared Hess, I think, who wrote and directed it. All his movies are really strange, and I haven't really seen anything like that before. And I think I just wasn't prepared for how awkward and weird it is. But then once I kind of got past that, I think that's what made me love it. Is yeah. I was able to look past the strangeness and realize like. That is how awkward kids are. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, it captures like the awkwardness of 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 some, you know, kids in in high school, but Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, we knew kids like that. You know, that were that awkward, you know, you know, we may have even been that. I don't know, you so, know, but I didn't carry was... around tater tots in my pocket. <laughs> exactly, but it is just one of those that is just it, I, I love that movie now. So I, I that might have been just one I just didn't have space to write down anyways. I don't want to take up too much space, but And another one folks... that I few big ones you know yeah. and i didn't know if you heard me say dodgeball yeah well, i love dodgeball <laughs> you can dodge Basically a wrench you can dodge too. a ball um say so i have a oh, couple more i have a couple more on my list that aren't, aren't as big um so we can probably skip them for now but for 2004 for what two, were they uh team america world police really fun uh shawn of the dead oh I would see I, that's a big one for me because that kind of introduced the world to Nick Frost and Simon Peck. It, it did. Um, I had no clue who those guys were. I didn't. Yeah, no. And I was just thinking about that the other day because I was watching the first episode of Amazon's The Boys, which is fantastic. If you want to watch a good show, Cody, watch that. Mm-hmm. It's I've only heard. eight episodes. I've heard good and, things. Right, I'm only on the second episode, but that pilot's fantastic, and he's in it. Uh, just oh, really? A little cameo. He's in it maybe five minutes. Oh, okay. And, and and like I said, he might be in it more. I'm only on about halfway through the second episode but i remember thinking that watching that like man simon Pegg, what a career like a guy who i had no clue who he was maybe 15 years ago and he was mr you know scott I mean? and he was yeah he was you know scott. like he was he was awesome uh but Shaun of the dead was right around the time i was just getting into like really getting into horror it was always really terrified of horror movies mm-hmm. <laughs> growing up and that was probably around the year i started really getting into it getting into it and Shaun of the dead may have been a reason i i really did because it had some comedy to it you know, so that yeah. made it a little more palatable, some of the horror. And granted, Shaun of the Dead's not a horror film at all. It's very violent. It's a parody. You know? um, but it's parody. And I love Shaun of the Dead. So no, 2004 was a really good year. And then The Incredibles was the other one. Oh, yeah. That. Not my favorite Pixar, but a lot of people's favorite Pixar film. It, a very good Pixar film. Yeah, not not my favorite, but it's still a really good movie. I really like that movie. Absolutely. Um, if you want to know what my favorite Pixar movie was, go listen a couple weeks back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Shameless plug for past episodes. If you're not listening in order. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> three of the movies I have listed for 2004, we've done episodes on. Yep. Prisoner of Azkaban, we did Harry Potter. Spider-Man, we did Spider-Man. Shrek 2, we did DreamWorks. And inc- and I put Incredibles, we did <laughs> and Incredibles, Pixar. Exactly. Um, National Treasure 2 was one of my disappointments, but that wasn't this year. Which is incredible, because <laughs> I'd love the second one. Any hoozles. That's my number right, five, two thousand four. What's your number four? My number four um, is my only only year in this decade. Mm. 
Um, I don't have any in this decade. So I was I have, surprised by that. So my for nine, my number four, I have 2010. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't have anything from this decade. Okay. In my, on my list, I, I looked at them, but I wasn't blown away by any of the years. But maybe change my mind, Cody. So I'm going to change your mind right now by saying Tucker and Dale versus Evil. You know I do love that movie. <laughs> When he's running with that damn chainsaw because of the bees, <laughs> I about pissed myself. I was laughing so hard. I, it's one of those movies where I don't do it often, but I had to pause it because I was laughing. <laughs> you know, that's not often. A lot of times I can still like see what I'm doing or see what's happening. No, I had to pause the movie <laughs> because that moment is so funny. <laughs> Did I change your mind yet? <laughs> um, not but, yet, but I do love that movie. No, I mean, there there were a bunch of... Uh... A blockbusters. Inception was that year, correct? I believe Inception was. I oh yeah, I do have it on my list. Inception was on there. Uh, Shutter Island, another Leonardo movie. Um, hundred and twenty-seven hours. I remember we went way out of our way to see that movie. Oh yeah, I was happy we did though. That was a good movie you know, to see. Uh, Franco gnawing at his arm for one hundred and twenty-seven hours was. Oh man, more. That- I remember when that came out, there were so many news stories about people fainting in the theater, people throwing up in the theater during the scene where he cuts his arm off. And it's definitely a very visceral scene. And it Mm -hmm. it didn't get that reaction out of us, but it definitely got a reaction out of us of like, damn, that's, 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 uh, graphic. Good effects. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, and I mean, sure, there's a lot of the the tendon scene. Oh, still makes me cringe thinking about him cutting through the tendon. (laughs) And the way they chose to use like an electric guitar sound when he's slicing through it. Yeah. Ugh. No. Yeah. Hundred twenty seven. We and we we went to Lansing to see that, which now that movie theater is like a mile away from my house. I was going to say <laughs> now you're right near it. <laughs> um. Yeah. The eighteen screen megaplex that I can mm-hmm. see anything. Everything stays there for weeks at a time yeah, too. I had to, I had to go see Big Eyes there a few years ago because it wasn't playing anywhere around okay, here. Okay, I remember that. Um. Let's see. What else did 2010 bring us? The King's Speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good one. Let's see the remake of True Grit. I love that movie. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, one mm-hmm. of my one of my favorite video game style movies. Um, the second Iron Man, which mm. wasn't as good as the first. No, not at um, all. Mega Mind, which I know Nick doesn't like. I don't mind it. Not my favorite. <laughs> uh, Toy Story three. The, the first culmination of the Toy Story series. <laughs> exactly. Which, yeah. Have you gotten a chance to see Toy Story 4 yet? No, but I might tomorrow. Okay. I didn't. I wasn't sure. It's it's definitely worth the watch. It's definitely a really good movie. I will say, say yeah, that you'll tomorrow. like it. Um, the strange Tim Burton mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland remake. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning of How to Train Your Dragon Legacy. That uh, was 2010. That was 2010. Um. Say so I, I could kind of I'm kind of rambling on now. Uh, I, I I put a long <laughs> list for of movies that I really liked in 2010. Um, I mean I got a few more, but I mean we I I don't want to ramble because I'm not really I'm just listing movies at this point. We're not really talking much about <laughs> them. Uh, so I mean <laughs> that's uh, a good year. I like 2010. Um, I remember looking at 2010 and thinking about it, but there were just others that I, I had to put lower. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think Inception, Shutter Island, Scott Pilgrim, and Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and again Tucker and Dale versus Evil, just because it's it's a flip <laughs> of that you know that famous you know teen camping slasher movie that Evil Hillbillies, Evil Hillbillies, and they just take it to they're at their summer to, home. they're at their summer home. Yeah, Alan Tudyk is fantastic in that movie. They both are. Him and Tyler Levine are great. Yeah. I couldn't remember his name, that's why I didn't say it. 
So they've been talking for years on doing a sequel, and I would love if they did. Yes. But we'll see if it ever happens. Um, but so, yeah, my number four, 2010. And if they do do a sequel, let Joss Whedon direct it, and he'll just kill Alan Tudyk halfway through it. Oh. <laughs> it happens in Firefly, right? In the or movie. The, the movie, whatever movie. Serenity, Serenity yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, he dies. All right, nothing else on 2010. I am a leaf on the wind. Watch I have no clue sore. what that means. I'm assuming that's his last words. It's the quote that he uses throughout the series. Oh, okay. Yeah, never so, seen it. I, I really should. It's been on my to do. It's just we. It's only ten episodes in a movie. And that's the thing is, I know it's short. I just there's always something else to watch. Yeah, I like know. Like the I boys get... on Amazon. Go watch it. Or Good Omens on Amazon. Go watch it. I never got through all that. I haven't either. I'm still working <laughs> on it. All right. So moving Not a sponsor. on to. That's right. I wish. I really wish. <laughs> Call Jeff Bezos. Yes, All right, so my number four uh, is the year. I look at this year as kind of the year of the nerd. Because this year was kind of the year that so many movies came out that were like the big, like, so my number four is 1982. Not on my list. So this year, you had Tron. Mm-hmm. You had Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Which... You know, hot take to piss people off. I know it will. I'm not a big fan of Blade Runner, but whatever. R.I.P. Rucker Hauer. Um, you had Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. Did the you best know? Star Trek. So, yeah. Fun fact, Blade Runner. Um, yeah. Rucker Hauer's character in the movie died yeah. in 2019. In 19. Isn't that crazy? It's like he waited. <laughs> it's like he That's saw scary. it in 2019 and went, well, I guess I have to die. <laughs> all right. So you had Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Khan. The best, yeah, the best Star Trek film of all time. You had poltergeist a really good horror film. i'm just gonna had... say quotes from all these movies as you go <laughs> oh we'll try this john carpenter's the thing what do you got um kevin costner uh, uh, uh. it's kurt russell, kurt russell. <laughs> Damn it. i knew it as soon as i said it that it was the wrong one <laughs> and i was hoping that that's what you were gonna say it was true was purely just ah i'm kurt russell and <laughs> there's a thing over there um, I'll bark. I'm a dog. I'm the dog. <laughs> woof woof. And you had E.T. Phone home. Exactly. Arguably Spielberg's like most personal film. Um, like that's a really good year. E.T. The Thing, Poltergeist, Wrath of Khan, Tron, and Blade Runner. I did, that's an awesome year. And I did look at 1982. Um, mm-hmm. just didn't. I and yeah. I, I won't disagree that it's it's not a good year. I won't say it's not a good year. Um, because yeah, those those are all huge movies. Like Tron, awesome movie. Doesn't hold up as well today, but it's still really fun. Which Tron Legacy was one of the other ones in 2010 that I didn't mention. I do like Tron Legacy. That's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, E.T., which I love. If we ever get around to doing Spielberg, we'll talk about. We talked about last week with John Williams scores. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thing, which is it's not my favorite Carpenter film. That's Halloween, but it you li- usually you list Carpenter's films like people do their list. The Thing is usually number one, which is incredible. And I Halloween, really like The Halloween Thing. I, I really like The Thing, even though I don't like horror. And I you've remember, seen The Thing? I'm surprised by that. Yeah, we watched it on the way to Cedar Point. We did. That's right. The and Thing the is one of those movies that Futurama I, did a parody of it. That's right. I really like it. Um, I can't watch it a lot because it's really gross mm-hmm. and it, it, which it's supposed to be. And it has probably the best practical effects ever done in a movie. Because um, what else could they do back then? All the transformations and stuff are, yeah, are really well done. They're just so gross. Um, 
And Poltergeist. I love Poltergeist. Directed by Toby Hooper, but basically directed by Steven Spielberg. Right. Um, Poltergeist is a movie that like is is ba- it's 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 kind of a movie for families that has really scary stuff in it. You know, like the clown sequence is incredibly terrifying. But the movie has such a good heart and good family like messaging to it that I really like Poltergeist a lot. So I'll confess that I've never seen Poltergeist, which probably doesn't uh, surprise you much. Um, uh, I always love the the Family Guy and American Dad parodies of it. Yeah, you should watch Poltergeist though. Again, it's another one like kind of like I was telling you, like um, with it uh, that came out a couple years ago. Like, yes, it's a horror film. There are really good scares in Poltergeist, but the family drama going on is is really well done because it's basically it's Spielberg. Like he wrote it, and if you listen to interviews or read anything about the filming of it, it's basically Spielberg directed it. Like he kind of took over Toby Hooper. Like actually just said, yeah, the way I'm gonna direct it. So okay. it's kind of like the unofficial Spielberg horror film. And he's never really done a horror film. The closest was probably War of the Worlds. Um, but it's got a lot of his like kind of family stuff that he has in his movies, a lot of his heart, a lot of his wonder, but also really good scary moments. And it, Poltergeist is fun. The remake I enjoy too. It's nowhere near as good as first the original, but it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my number four, the year 1982, E.T., The Thing, Poltergeist, Wrath of Contron, Blade Runner. Okay. All right. Moving down to my number three is uh, the last movie I have set in the 2000s. The last year I have set in 2000s. So my number three is the year 2007. So okay, this one kind of come down to three movies for me. Kind of like 74, but there are other ones I'm going to talk about. I'll talk about the other ones first. So we had Superbad in this year. Which is one of the best comedies. It's awesome. The Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, and you have the start of the Transformers series. Now, love them or hate them, you can't deny the Transformers movies started a genre of film. They for sure and, did, and not just the genre of Transformers films, but kind of like the the genre of of Bayhem. explosions. You know? Exactly of explosions, the really close cuts, the close the the, yeah. ed, the multi edits, a lot of edits and stuff. Like it started that. Um, I think the best Transformers film actually came out last year, which Bumblebee. was Bumblebee. Uh, yeah. But the first Transformers is my favorite if we're just looking at movies called Transformers. The first Transformers is the best. It's a really good movie, and that was 2007. But onto the movies I think are why I think 2007 is my number three. Uh, you have Zodiac by David Fincher, directed by David Fincher, which is awesome. You ever seen Zodiac? I don't think so. Do yourself a favor and watch Zodiac. It's a really good cast. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. It's Robert Downey Jr. a year before he hit it big again with Iron Man. Uh, it's it's I, about I the Zodiac missing... killer, right? Yes, and okay. I know I'm missing another actor. Oh, Mark Ruffalo, I believe. Um, before he hit it big with just... the Hulk. <laughs> That's right. And it uh, it's just a really, really intense uh, telling of these people who were trying their damnedest to catch this one of the biggest serial killers in American history. Uh, And one of the best things about it is they never caught him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The Zodiac killer is still a mystery. They do not know who it is. And this movie makes some assumptions on who it is and actually got a lot of flack for it. Um, But it's just a really good, intense movie of like, he can be around any corner, basically like he's writing letters. He would write letters to the press about like what he was going to do and what he had done. Like it's just a good movie. Zodiac is awesome. Um, and then you have the two biggies for this year that I think were the competing back-to-back competing movies for the Oscars that year. Yep. You have No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. 
those are the first two I, on my. So I, I still have my side list open where I listed like mm-hmm. all of the years, and those are the first two on my list for 2007. They have to be for they, 2007. Yeah, definitely. Um, my favorite of the two is There Will Be Blood, uh, because I think Daniel Day Lewis's performance, which he won his Oscar, his second best actor actor Oscar for his 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 he second best, best. He does drink your milkshake, which almost made my list last week. <laughs> or whenever we did the quotes a couple weeks ago. Um, but it, purely because of his performance, and I, I think this, the movie itself is, is damn good too, but to, why I love it is because he's awesome in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have No Country for Old Men, which, honestly, I think I'm wrong even saying I like There Will Be Blood over it. They're probably both equal because I love, they're both so watchable. Like, There Will Be Blood and No Country, if they're on, they're another one where at any point I could turn on and watch it to the end and, and, and love the hell out of it. No Country for Old Men is one of the best crime thrillers of all time. Not just of that year or that decade, of all time. It created one of the greatest villains of all time in um, Javier Bardem's Anton Sugar. The scene where he... Have you seen No Country? Yeah, I've seen both of these movies, okay. but I remember There Will Be Blood a lot more. Okay, so do you remember the scene in No Country where he does the coin flip with the guy at the gas station? Yes. That is one of the most intense scenes ever put to film. Mm-hmm. Because you know this guy is screwed. And I, he lives, you know, good twist, he lives. But, like, it is there is so much horror and uh, tense, intenseness in that scene because you just know this guy's a psychopath and, like, oh, holy shit. And then he lives, <laughs> you know, like, I remember that movie ended and I was like, what? He lived? That's crazy. But it's just such a good thriller. Josh Brolin is great in it. There will be blood. Like I said, I, I absolutely love it. Um, but I remember that year for the Oscars, that was like, they were like the two big competitors back to back. Was it going to be there will be blood or no country for old men that was going to take all the, the awards? And they kind of split. Um, they, yeah, they really did. That was a very, uh, very polarizing year for the Oscars mm-hmm. for, cause I mean, a lot of them like recently one movie will sweep. Oh, yeah. No, this was definitely a year where it, the conversation was two films. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. But no, but I, I love 2007. That that was the year. I don't know, I don't know what I was going to say with that, but I just I really love 2007. And I remember a movie from 2007 that I put on my list over here, my sub list, um, mm-hmm. that I'm surprised you didn't mention. Um, because the only thing better than Hairspray is me. <laughs> That's true. No, I do love Hairspray. That's a fun movie. Um, Hairs- uh, Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber. That yeah. was another fun one. Fun mu- couple fun musicals that year. Um, I have the Simpsons movie on there, which was one of my favorite uh, movies based on TV mm-hmm. um, from a long time ago. long week, a few weeks I ago. I really like Simpsons movie. It's fun. Um, and, yeah, like you said, No Country, There Will Be Blood, Transformers, Zodiac. Zodiac. So, no, yeah, I get it. All right, Cody, what's your number three? Let me flip back to that list. Um, so my number three was originally my number one. Um, mm-hmm. Like when I first looked, when I was first looking, I just like threw a dart and picked a random year, and I was looking. I was like, boom, boom, boom. Yes, yes. Two thousand seven was my number one at one point too. Um, so my number three is nineteen eighty four. Uh, okay, we can talk about it. It's my number two. Okay. Was that was say, my number it, one at one point, too. If it's your number one, we can punt it, but... No, no. I, I would have, but because it's my number two, we'll, we can talk about now. That one, again, just like 2007, number uh, 1984 was my number one until yesterday. Yeah. 
So yeah, it, and yeah, it was my number one until yesterday as well. Actually, looking at it, um, and and honestly, when we chose to do this list, nineteen eighty four was the very first year that popped in my head. Same. I didn't even have I don't to, know I didn't why. Have to look it up. Yeah, I didn't even have to look it up. I just knew eighty four was was a really good year for movies. So you're probably going to have a lot more movies on your list than I do. But I mean, I, I'll start off with um, a couple, you know, a couple big ones that I put for uh, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters was a huge mm-hmm. um, movie. Uh, and it should be said, all these movies celebrating their 35th this year. Exactly. Um, we get the introduction to uh, Tim Burton with Frank and Weenie. That's right. Um, the movie that got him fired from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the beginning of another huge horror franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street. Absolutely. They've done, you know, like 40 movies since then. I think we've got nine of those, nine or ten of them. Yeah. Including New Nightmare and... And you forgot, 2010, we had Nightmare on Home Street remake. We did have that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, I have a couple... Yes, uh, Temple of Doom, not the yep. best. Uh, I mean, the, the more far-fetched, I think, even more far-fetched than Aliens, because they rip a guy's heart out and he stays alive. <laughs> but, uh, both uh, Temple of Doom and another film in 84, Gremlins, Gremlins, for the reason we now have the PG-13. Yes, yes. Uh, which... <laughs> I, I find it funny. I don't know why. Um, speaking of Gremlins, I don't know why they got it, but my roommate bought a little um, action figure of Stripe that has <laughs> little props. That's and, awesome. Um, we're just kind of doing a, a back and forth, all sorts of like Elf on a Shelf kind of stuff with them. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I set him up with the PlayStation controller the other day. And, you know, he has little props. He has a cigarette. He has a beer <laughs> mug. It, it's it's so, It didn't come with the movie. I, I was disappointed when I opened the box and the movie wasn't actually part of it. It's, <laughs> it's literally just a Stripe action figure. What year is it? <laughs> Dude, you can find action figures for all this old shit. Like, there, there are websites and companies dedicated to purely, like, NECA mm-hmm. just makes, like, old, like, like, they've made Friday the 13th action figures for years. Yeah. But I, I I found it funny that yeah uh, we have that with that stripe action figure, mm-hmm. um, you know a couple other big movies we got the start of Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. um, one of the funnier mockumentaries. This is Spinal Tap. <laughs> and should have put that at eleven. Should have put that at eleven. Um, let's see what else did I put on here for nineteen eighty four. Well, I'll, I'll jump in there then. Okay, go ahead. So you also have the first Terminator. Yep, I do have that. Was eighty four, and then one of my favorite films, uh, Amadeus, which I love. You being a music fan, have you seen Amadeus? I have not. I have heard fantastic things. It's been it's been on my list for probably ten years to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. It's Um, another one that I I caught on Netflix like quite a few years ago. I watch Amadeus. That looks interesting. I like the cast, and it was one of those. The movie's three hours long. I put it mm -hmm. on. And next thing I knew it was over and I looked and three hours had blown by in like 10 minutes. Like it is an infinitely watchable movie. Um, And like I said, you being a music guy, you'll love it because it's, it's Mozart. Yeah. And I know. Um, And it is just such a good story and a really crazy story. You know, that like this guy basically was so jealous of Mozart that, and, and just how kind of like such a, such an asshole Mozart was, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's a, it's a really good movie. I think one best picture that year, which is, which is awesome. Um, but no, 84 is a really good year. I always look at 84 as the year of Ghostbusters and Gremlins. Yeah. 
you know, like that to me, when I think of 84, it's the first thing that comes to my head is Ghostbusters and Gremlins. Um, yes, Temple of Doom, Terminator, you know, but I just like the two, the one, two punch of Gremlins and Ghostbusters is awesome. We got another Star Trek movie that year in the search for Spock. <sighs> the Muppets took Manhattan. <laughs> they did well before Jason would try. And Daryl Hannah was a mermaid in Splash. That's a good movie. John Candy is really funny in that. Mm-hmm. It's been forever since I've seen Splash. Yeah, that's a fun movie. Um, yeah, 84 is awesome. 84, huge year for movies. That's my number three. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right, so... So moving down to my number two. That's right. And I'm going to be 100% honest. This one is a movies that I love year. It's mm-hmm. got three of my favorite movies. So 1987. Okay, not on my list. So I picked this again because I, I actually didn't know these two movies came out the same year. Um, or actually these three movies. So three of my favorite movies, of course, we have Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Mm. Steve Martin and John Candy. We have The Princess Bride with Inigo Montoya. If you needed me to remind you of his name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a brain fart. <laughs> and Spaceballs. <laughs> Another Mel Brooks release. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, again, three of three of my favorite movies. Um, all fantastic comedies. I'm a big. I'm. I'm. I like comedies more than dramas by a lot. Um, and to have to, to when I realized all three of these movies came out the same year, I I had to have it high on my list. I didn't put it as my number one to be a little fair. Um, yeah. I probably could. I could have had this. My I could have put this as my number one simply for, I mean, the the year of comedy that is. Um, and then I got a couple other. I, I did add a few more movies onto this list. Um, we had the first Lethal Weapon movie, which I was never a big fan of the Lethal Weapon movies, but I know I, that, love those I know that they have a big. Um, they're a, they're a big pop culture icon. Uh, RoboCop. Again, I never really cared too much for it. Did you see? <laughs> I was scrolling on the internet today and mm-hmm. Robot Cop. Mm-hmm. I'll share it to the yep. Facebook page. Yeah, I did see that. It was great. Um, Dirty Dancing came out that year, 1987, which, eh, it's such a weird story. Why would they ban dancing? Because John Lithgow said so, Cody, and you listened to John Lithgow. But well, that was, was a good the year, Trinity though. I mean... Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, spoilers. He kills Rita. Um, I mean, you've got Raising Arizona, you know, which is a really good Coen Brothers movie. Like, mm-hmm. like they would kind of show like kind of the goofy comedy that they would bring into a lot of their movies. I really love The Lost Boys, mm-hmm. which, if I remember correctly, was '87. Um, I don't have that's that on a my fun, list. goofy vampire movie. And I think was Predator '87. Yes, Predator was '80. Uh, was another one that I was going to mention on my list. Yeah, Predator's awesome. I love Predator. Um, and then Pete second, Schwarzenegger craziness. And then the the second Evil Dead movie, Evil Dead Two. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, mostly for like those three movies that I mentioned at the beginning: 1987, uh, Princess Bride, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Spaceballs. Oh, and Full Metal Jacket. I didn't mention that one yet. Oh yeah, which, I love Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yep, yeah, it's such a Good road trip movie. Good buddy That's comedy. Good even heart. though they hate each other throughout the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Nick and I's road trips. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Two will go. One will come back. 
Probably the one <laughs> whose name is on the rental car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so my number two is 1987. All right. So my number two, we already talked about, which was 1984. So we'll jump down to my number one, which is surprising is not Cody's number one because this is a damn good year. But I know what he has at number one, and that's a damn good year too. Mm-hmm. So my number one is 10 years after my number two. It is 1994. Okay. So listen to 94, Cody. You have the Flintstones. Maybe not one people think of, but I love the Flintstones. You've got The Lion King, Ed Wood, Dumb and Dumber, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Clerks, The Shawshank Redemption. Like, holy crap, that's a that's a good year. I have two more that you didn't mention. What do you got? Speed. Okay. Ace Ventura Pet Detective. I saw Ace Ventura. I just thought, well, I'll just put Dumb and Dumber, and if I think of it, I'll think of it, or I'll talk about it. Yeah. But, but I do have I 1994 mean, on my side list, and yeah, for Pulp Fiction, Shawshank, Forrest Gump, Lion King, I probably could have had it on my list at least. Um, well, Dumb and Dumber. And Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, like, you know, for people who haven't seen Dumb and Dumber, you tell them to watch it, and they go, oh, Dumb and Dumber. But Dumb and Dumber truly is the fun, one of the funniest movies of all time. For, for the name, it is one of the smartest humor movies. Exactly. Like, and both, purely because of the awesome performances of Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey. Like, seeing Jeff Daniels play that type of part, like, he was already an established, like, well known drama, dramatic actor, you know? I remember hearing an interview where his agent told him, you do this movie, your career is dead. But he said he couldn't pass up an opportunity to work with Jim Carrey. And thank God he did. Mm hmm. Because it is so good. And and I know the second one gets a lot of shit. Uh, Dumb and Dumber 2. We're not even going to talk about Dumb and Dumber-er. Um, but Dumb and Dumber 2, I really like. Mostly, again, because seeing them two back together is, is fun. I, <laughs> it, like I said, it's it's another one I can watch anytime. I love Dumb and Dumber. Um, but then you have Ed Wood, one of Tim Burton's best films. Like I said, Clerks, the introduction of Kevin Smith. You know, mm-hmm. like, Clerks, you know, as much as I love Kevin Smith, Clerks isn't one of my favorite movies of his. Um, but I, I do really in like, uh, enjoy it. He wasn't um, even supposed to be there that day. That's true. He was not. Um, Pulp Fiction, as we've said before, I don't like Pulp Fiction, but I can't deny the influence and, and what it, what it is. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like we're talking about best movies of a year. Pulp Fiction's on there. Lion King, of course. I mean, we've talked that to death. Um, like I said, Flintstones may not be one that people put on our list, but I, I grew up with the Flintstones, the movie. It was, and I it was on it. both of our best of TV lists. That's right. Like, I love the Flintstones movie, but then you have, uh, Forrest Gump, which, you know, won Tom Hanks' second Ox- uh, Best Actor Oscar. Which, you keep trying to say second Best Oscar or Best I know, Actor. Every time. His Best, uh, his best Oscar Actor, um, which is awesome. I, and I love Forrest Gump. For, for how, I mean, that that's another long movie. That's another dedicated, you have to have oh, yeah. some time dedicated to watching it because it's almost three hours long. And uh, I love it. But I, I mean, I, I love all of the, the pop culture mix-ins to where Forrest Gump is the reason for, you know, this, that, and the other. And mm-hmm. no, it's, it's, um, it's a fantastic little, it's, it's a fantastic movie to where, yeah, it's just this guy who stumbles upon, stumbles into everything. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful. Performances are great. And then you have Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. arguably the most aired movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn on, turn on your TV. Chances are it's playing on something. For sure. Uh, but Which I think the one first that, time I watched that movie it was on TV. It was like on TNT or something. It's, it's completely always on different TNT. Movie. 
Um, it's one cool. of those movies again that if it's on, I'll, I have to sit and watch it. I love Shawshank Redemption. It is infinitely watchable. Um, it is great. You ever hear the story that Stephen King told uh, where he was at the supermarket? Ever tell you that story? No. So if you don't know, Stephen King wrote the Shawshank Redemption. And one of the stories he loves to tell was he was at a supermarket. He, he, uh, vacations and he lives in Florida during winter because Maine is, it's Maine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and he was at a supermarket and he was, you know, doing his shopping and this little old woman walked up to him and said, I know who you are. He said, you do. And she goes, you're that guy that writes all those horror stories. And he goes, well, yeah. And she goes, oh, I don't like them. I prefer really sweet, wholesome movies like the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> and he said, he goes, well, you know, I wrote that too, and she goes, "You're a liar," and walked away. <laughs> I have, I, I have heard that. It's just such a good story because it is a good like uh, example of like if you ever want to tell people like when people try to be derogatory against Stephen King that he's just a horror author, it's awesome to bring up Shawshank because no, he's not. This man wrote one of the best dramas of all time, and it is a like I had to like ninety four. I saw all those movies in the list, and I was like, "Yeah, that's going to overtake eighty four as my number one." Yeah, and you know, even thinking like. You know, going on the Stephen King, not all horror thing. Like mm-hmm. Green Mile wasn't horror. Green Mile, yeah. Doris Claiborne, like he's got a yeah. lot of books. Eleven twenty two sixty three, my favorite King book. He's got a lot of books that are not horror. The Mister Mercedes trilogy, not horror. I wouldn't you know, even like call. I know you mentioned last week that he hates it, but I I wouldn't even call Langoliers a horror. No, it's more sci fi. It's a sci fi thriller. Um, yeah, but no, it's not horror. It's not good, but you know, I like it. I know you do. You've always had such a love for that movie. <laughs> so goofy. But no, 1994 is my number one. I, I think it's the best year for movies. Cody, what's your number one since it's our shared? Um, So our my number one uh, was a punt from earlier. It was Nick's number five. So my number one is 1999. We're going to party mm. like it's 1999. That's right. And I sure did. Um, and it <laughs> By was... breaking down in a vehicle in an intersection 15 minutes before midnight. It's the Y2K. <laughs> yep. I, I thought that's you what it was. You set your we clock too fast out, and it flipped over. We did. We were freaking out thinking, <laughs> it's happening. We're dead. Oh, I did not. I have not heard that story. I did nope, not know that I'll happened. I'll tell you about that next uh, week or when we see each other. Well, yeah, it was a fun night. But so, so yeah, 1999, uh, plenty of awesome movies. Uh, we got the first Matrix movie, the best mm-hmm. Matrix. We got yeah. The Sixth Sense. Absolutely. Uh, by M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Uh, Toy Story 2. A great Toy Story movie. That was uh, your number one, I believe, right? Yes, it was. Um, the Iron Giant. Oh, God, uh, I love the Iron Superman. Giant. Uh, uh. Um, movie that Nick mentioned last week, or a couple weeks ago, Blair Witch Project. Yep. Um, Phil Collins' Tarzan. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. Pretty much. Um. For as much as I knock it, we got the Phantom Menace that year again. Oh yeah, I, it's probably my least one of my, if not my f- least favorite, one of my least favorite Star Wars movies. And I've been thinking about like since we've been talking, I, I I've been bashing Phantom Menace a lot lately. And you know, th- I was thinking about it. You could watch Phantom Menace as its own movie and not as a Star Wars movie, and I think it holds up a bit better. Yeah, I guess because I mean. Half the characters that are introduced in that movie are dead by the end. <laughs> and they're new. And they're new. Um, so, I again, still probably... I, I, I do... I think you'd I, have to rewatch Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I, 
I've been rewatching. <laughs> I've been rewatching the Star Wars. I, I rewatched the first three recently, or the prequels recently. Um, anyway, we also had. I mean, Sleepy Hollow. That was the next one on my list. Was Sleepy the Hollow Mummy? Yeah, like, I love the Brendan Fraser Mummy movie. Mm-hmm. Like unabashedly love that movie, and and it's one of those a lot of people. Oh, the Mummy. No, have you seen the Mummy? Yes, I've seen all three it of them. It is so much fun. All three of them? I love the three Mummy movies. Yeah, there was three of them. And then they did the the new one, which has nothing to do with it. Right. No, 99 was a really good year. It's my number five. Yeah, um, I still, got, higher I still than got more. I'm only halfway through my list for 99. Holy shit. <laughs> um, I also put American Pie. Mm-hmm. Office started Space. That, that kind of started that new wave of like high school. High school coming of age movies. Uh, like coming of age dirty like movies you know van wilder would come after a bunch of those so that was college but you know you kind of had that that surge of those in the 80s and then they kind of died out and then yeah definitely american pie brought that brought all that Uh, back office space which one of my one of my coworkers referenced that the other day because we got a new uh they got a new computer and so do we just take this out back in office space it and it's like (laughs) i've I've never been a big fan of office space i do i i really do like it talked about that it's it's never been one of my favorites like it is for a lot of people well and i think part of it now is i work a desk job just like that so i mean every yeah Yeah, me too i I think i think of that kind of stuff it's like what get a stapler my my the person that sits next to me has a red swing line stapler and it's fantastic (laughs) I'm scared to steal it because I don't want the building to burn down. To burn down, exactly. Um, we got, I know in, in 2007, I talked about, for 2007, I mentioned the Simpsons movie, 2000, or 1999, one of Nick's favorite TV movies, Star, uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the second Austin Powers movie, which, yeah, say what you will. I love the second one. That um, introduced one of the best characters, Fat Bastard. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Austin Powers as a series. I can't tell you why. I, I love, love all three Austin of them. <laughs> um, well, I love Austin Powers. I was just talking about that with my boss today. <laughs> it's those strange conversations that we, you know, talk about at work and then talk about on the show. It's like, how did this mm-hmm. come up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally um, just today, this afternoon. I honestly don't remember how it came up, but we were talking about Austin Powers. Um, let's see. What else do I have left on my list? Wild Wild West. Kevin That's Costner fun. and... Will Smith as Cowboys. Uh, Kevin Costner, you sure about that? Kevin Klein <laughs> for the second time today. <laughs> Everyone's Kevin Costner tonight. <laughs> you go watch a Kevin Costner movie tonight. I'm gonna go watch Waterworld. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I, I got I got one right. That's actually Kevin Costner. Kevin Klein in Will Smith in Wild actually, Wild West. It's Kurt Russell in Waterworld. So <laughs> show's over. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I also put Galaxy Quest, not as big of a movie, but... <laughs> Dude, I love Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Alan Rickman and Tim Allen. That movie has so many good jokes in it. Mm-hmm. I love Galaxy Quest a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like... Ni- 1999 is, was like the biggest list of awesome movies that I put together on here. Absolutely. And, it was a good year. Uh, my top five. My number one. So, I mean, do you have anything more to add on 1999? Not really. It was just a good year. I mean, those are really good movies. I also like the song I mean, by like Prince. Said it, it brought back Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, for that alone, like whether you like it or not, that's one of the big, biggest movies of all time just because of what it was, you know? Yeah. And then the same thing and, happened with Force Awakens. Exactly. When it came So, no, I ago. really... 99 is a really good year. Uh, so, my number one 
We're going to party like it's 1999 because of you know, Matrix, Sixth Sense, Toy Story, Blair Witch, Iron Giant, Tarzan, Sleepy Hollow, Phantom Menace, American Pie, Office Space, South Park, Galaxy Quest, Dodge Powers, Wild Wild West. <laughs> wicked, wicked, wild. Wicked, wicked, wild, wild west. You know, fun trivia for you. And it's actually not trivia. So I was listening to Spotify when I was walking today. Have you ever heard, I've heard it before, but have you ever listened to the song by the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff? Nightmare on My Street. A, ni- a Nightmare on My Street. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> I was listening to Spotify today, and that came on. Had you ever I'm, heard it before? Oh, I've heard it before. Oh, okay. I love that song. I remember listening to it when I was younger and like being like, this is fantastic. But did you know that uh, New Line sued them? They, they did get not permission? get the rights. No, the, the nightmare theme is in that song. The dun, oh, yeah, a sample dun, of it. Dun, dun, you know, however it goes. That's in the song. And night, they did not get the rights to that. So, and they even filmed the music video. So they settled out of court and uh, they had to pull that video. I mean, you can find it on YouTube now and stuff. But yeah, they had to pull that video and, and they got in a lot of trouble for that. I mean, I don't know why you would. Yeah, you're using the music without their okay, but like it is just one big love letter to Nightmare on Elm Street. It really is. Know? It's a, it's an homage to that to that movie. I mean, why? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was a real nightmare on my street, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, everybody, that is our ranking of the top ten movie uh, years, years in movies, <laughs> years for movies. Whatever uh, this episode's you, called. <laughs> whatever Cody decides to call this episode when he uploads it. Um, so. Let's get to the big thing we want to talk about this week. Cody, take it away. So 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 what we do here is merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? <laughs> yeah. We merchandising, got, merchandising. We got get ranked the t shirt, get ranked the lunchbox, get ranked the T V <laughs> tray, get ranked the flamethrower. The kids really get love rank, that one. Get, get ranked the plushies. Adorable. <laughs> um but no, we are launching um a get ranked merchandise store. Um I may have gotten a little off the rails with the items. So we have t-shirts. I'm looking at, uh, we have phone cases, hoodies. Um, I have a couple, we have a couple of designs so far with hopefully many more coming soon. Um, and this is a way to directly support the show. And I want to extend a. And show your love for the show. And show your love for the show and give us free publicity by wearing the shirts out in public. (laughs) Um, so. With that being said, I do want to extend a, I'm going to give a 11% discount to the first 11 people that go to the website and buy anything. Um, it's good off the whole order. Um, one per user. Be nice. If you use the coupon code merchandising. Because why not? And it's actually spelled exactly. merchandising. I thought about doing merchandising, but <laughs> nobody would know how to spell that. So um, just Google merchandising and tell you and punch in what the spell check tells you is the correct spelling for the word, and you can get eleven percent off your order. <laughs> um, and that's good for and, the first eleven people because we go to eleven. That's right. And when you're listening to this episode, that website should be live. Yes, it um, should. You should be able to go on there right now and get your special get ranked merchandise um you can buy the shirt that we posted a couple weeks ago that cody and i have the jurassic um, park the, yep. the, the jurassic park logo that we did with our with with the get ranked logo now um that's kind of what we want to do for right now uh at least for a little bit is do some more logos that are kind of a play on some movie logos uh, so if you have any ideas on some fun movie logos you'd like it to see us try to convert over let us know uh over on our facebook page so head on over there to get ranked movie podcast on facebook i also have a website get ranked movie podcast um, on our Facebook, we've started having some engagements with with uh, listeners, and we love it. So continue <laughs> that. 
Um, let us give us your lists, uh, what you think about each week. Let us know what you thought of our list. If you disagreed, agreed, uh, like we love talking to you guys. It's a lot of fun being able to talk with people who, who listen to our show. Um, send us, like your, doing send us your ideas for episodes. I saw a couple of those come in this week. Absolutely. And we'll definitely try to get to those. I mean, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, cause we will run out of ideas. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so it's, so it's fun if you guys can come up with some for us. Um, but yes, definitely right now, head on over to our store. Uh, say the website again, Cody. GetRankedMoviePodcast.com. That's right. And head over to the merchandise or the store tab. I don't know what Cody has it listed as, but head on over there and, and, and buy it, <laughs> buy, uh, grab yourself a t-shirt or, or a phone case, you know, if you can afford it. It's, um, they're not overly expensive. Um, the shirts are really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're good material. Oh, they're um, so soft. <laughs> they're very soft. Uh, and help support the show that hopefully you've been enjoying and we have no, uh, plans to stop. We'd like to continue. So. Hopefully you'll enjoy our shirts. This is, this is, so 26 weeks. This is half of a year. We have That's made right. it through a half of a year. Absolutely. So, um, so we're really excited for this new, this next step in our show, which is uh, the store. So hopefully you will be able to capitalize on getting that coupon code. And like Cody said, please be nice. Don't, don't, don't take multiple, uh, codes. Um, yeah, don't use, don't make 11 orders. Yes, please don't do that. <laughs> I see your shipping. If I see eleven orders going to the same address, I will show yeah. up at your address and <laughs> exactly. steal your orders. Cody will get your address exactly. <laughs> um, but it's all safe. You can buy on there. No one. We're not Capital One. No. Um, yep. The, all, everything's secure. All uh, secure. We're the, all good. <laughs> um, but now Cody has some ads. Get ranked. A movie podcast would not be possible without DigitalOcean. All of our episodes are hosted there. Our website is hosted there. You can get a $60 account credit by using the link at the top of our website or going to getrankedmoviepodcast.com slash digitalocean. Dynadot. Get your .com, .org, .net, .whatever. You can get a small account credit if you use the link at the top of getrankedmoviepodcast.com or go to getrankedmoviepodcast.com slash Dynadot. Funko. Get 10% off your entire order when you use the link at GetRankedMoviePodcast.com or go to GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Funko and enter offer code SHOP10. Blue Apron. Skip the store. Get fresh ingredients delivered straight to your home. Get $60 off your first three boxes when you use the link at GetRankedMoviePodcast.com or enter GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Blue Apron. So now that those ads are over, uh, let's take this time to say thank you for listening to our show. Cody, where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube as Marconi Mamba, link in the episode description, and Facebook as Cody Ketchum. That's right. And you can find me on Twitter as The Great Hair or on Facebook as Nick Hair. Um, head on over there. You can friend us if you'd like. We post a lot of stupid shit. Um, mm-hmm. So if you've liked this episode, make sure you head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing, what we're doing wrong. Those reviews really do help. And... Uh, we like to see what you guys think. So I think that does it for this week. So for the Get Ranked Movie Podcast, I'm Nick. And I'm Cody. See you next time. Now I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy you all know me as we're scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I call into bed. He's burnt up like a weenie and his name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every single day. And even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's gone when I'm awake, but he shows up when I'm sleeping.
All music and movie clips included in this podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of the movies discussed and no infringement is intended. Get Ranked, a movie podcast, episode 26, Years.